What is up, everybody? Mark on the mic here. We have another gun highlight for you. Across from me, we've got Eric Barber, a.k.a. Slingin' Rick, and then oftentimes we just call you Rick. And what do we have here ooh, today, ooh. Eric? What's going on? Oh, Mark, did you hear that? What is it I, talking? I think it just growled. Uh, stomach growled. It's, it's, it's hungry. Hun- it's hungry. <laughs> it's hungry. No, I'm going to say, like, so, well... You say what we got here, yeah. and then I'm going to follow with a couple things. Yeah, so um, on the table here, we got a, if you're watching along on YouTube, I got my Remington 870 um, Express Circa 2001, mm. topped with a Spark Solar Red Dot, a very unique cantilever mount, and a uh, Carlson's heavyweight, uh, Carlson's choke tube designed for heavyweight shot. I don't shoot heavyweight shot out of it, but the choke shoots what I shoot out of it really good. That is the important <laughs> thing. Uh, I shoot heavy shot, uh, because it's, um, more expensive and therefore better. Yes, exactly. So, but that's me thing. Actually, when I have it's such some it, amazing success. It with is it. good. It is good. Uh, this isn't new in box. Negative. Very, it's very not, uh, much used. Yes. Uh, I'm not sure it has any finish left anywhere, actually. <laughs> nope, it, it, <laughs> it doesn't. Um, so this thing, this was my, uh, not my first shotgun. I My dad got me a Rossi 410 for my first shotgun like two years before I could hunt. But this is my first hunting shotgun. So I got this for my 12th birthday. Um, my dad went and picked it out. We, we picked it out together at like a uh, farm and fleet fleet farm and, uh, shot it the next day on my birthday. We went and shot, uh, uh, trap over to local gun club and put Straight like, into it. I, I think I probably put like probably 200 rounds through it that day. Like I was just addicted to it. Wow. That's awesome. So yeah. And, and now obviously with, uh, you know, given the season, we're sitting here March 15th. So before you know it, we'll be chasing turkeys. So it's set up for, for turkey hunting. And this is still to this day, like any, any gobbler I've ever shot with a gun is come at the hand of this thing. So that is amazing. I mean, since, so since I've known you, yeah, this is the only gun that I've ever seen you use. Um, but I actually thought you put this, uh, mount on here when you started yeah. running a red dot for turkey hunting. Yeah. I guess I just kind of assumed two and two together, at least for me, because I've never, seen amount like that used like essentially yeah aside like outside of turkey hunting but you've had that mount on there for a long time for a different species yeah so when i was uh when i was 12 years old that first year of me gun deer hunting we hunted in a zone in wisconsin that uh limited your firearm restriction to uh, a shotgun um so back at that time a lot of like the southern the central i would say like central all the way down through the southern part of the state was shotgun only. Um, really, you didn't get into the rifle counties until you got north of, gosh, I'm blanking on the highway, like north of, I mean, for Wisconsin folks, north of like Shawano County. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, once you got north of there, we hunted in Shawano. So I know Shawano was definitely shotgun, and that's where where uh, where we were hunting. So that's that's why I use this. But anyways. I'm Here's what I'll say. I'm aware that of this time period where like counties were shotgun only. Thank goodness. Yeah. When I moved here in, oh, when did I move here? I guess 14 years ago, something like that. Uh, that was eliminated. Or at least it was like on the verge. or It where, was on where, its way out. Wherever I hunted, I didn't have to ever use a shotgun. And 
I just anyway. Yeah. I don't care for that personally. Yeah, no, I I agree. I mean, I remember shooting so the the backstory on that mount is it was the week before Wisconsin gun deer season and in true fashion, I waited until that time. My dad waited until that time. I had no means of transportation. I'm 12 years old. My dad waited until that time yeah, for me to sight. Yeah, point the finger. <laughs> yeah, sight in my uh, my my shotgun, and I have a um, it's like a 16 or 18 inch uh, rifled slug barrel with open sights on, and and oh. that's what I was that's what I was getting dialed in. Um, so you've got two barrels for this. Yeah. Thing. Yep. Okay. Yeah. We'll get into this. I mean, the Remington 870. I've always, as a kid, thought it was the only gun you ever needed. And I actually kind of stand by that. You're not Still, wrong. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you you want to shoot a muskox? We'll put on the slug barrel. <laughs> Dunzo. You know, how's 250 grains of fury feel? <laughs> Get back to us. <laughs> actually, you won't. You're dead. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, anyways, so spent the. It was like a Tuesday night, and we went to the the local gun club. Shout out to Daniel Boone Gun Club in Richfield, Wisconsin. <laughs> hey, and, if you're uh, listening, yeah, and uh, went and sighted in my my shotgun there, and uh, came back home. And then it was like the Friday, Thursday or Friday before opening weekend. Um, I took it out of the case, or I was like we were packing up, ready to go up north, and um, grabbed the gun. And it was my dad had a. a Bushnell one and three quarter to four power scope on it on top of this little cantilever mount. So I've always had that cantilever mount. Um, I've since moved that scope over to a 22 that I, that I is, was like a, another early gun and it's got a lot of sentimental value. So still shoot that thing. But uh, anyways, that freed up the neat, the, uh, any optic on top of this mount. And when I started working here uh, just about five years ago, um, the first spring I didn't run a red dot. Um, I was actually very hesitant about running a red dot and mm -hmm. then, um, started learning more. I mean, I was hesitant because I didn't know anything about red dots. I had literally never shot a red dot until working here five years ago and, um, started to learn more about them. And then in, that would have been my second year here, I put a crossfire red dot on top of this thing, ran that. And then when we were testing out the new spark solars this is actually a pre-launch sample of the spark solar still running still never changed the battery i mean that thing has been beat up and it's rocking so that's awesome but yeah that is the backstory on that mount so you can still find that mount not that exact mount but you can go on like amazon uh that's how i've always found them i'm sure you can find them at your local local gun dealer but I always just go on Amazon and type in Remington 870 saddle mount, and there's a there's a variety of mounts available. The 870 is such a popular shotgun platform that there's you know more tactical um, you know applications than this. There's very similar applications to that. So any saddle mount will help you get an optic on top of the 870 because it's not drilled and tapped. Right. Right. Now, what's interesting here, though, is you almost have like a peak under yeah. sight yeah. system. I mean, you could still use that front bead, I guess, if, if you wanted to. Oh, abso um, absolutely. And and that's, uh, <laughs> there, that's a good point. There is a little bit of daylight. There's a fair amount of daylight. I mean, very usable amount of uh, open space beneath the rail. So you can actually still use the bead if, if for whatever reason, your dot goes down, whatever, um, you could still hunt it and be mm -hmm. and be totally fine so when you were turkey hunting before you got the dot then you would pull that saddle off then yeah okay. yeah i've i've had that dot off, or i've had that saddle i uh 
it would have been 2019. Yeah, when I put that on there um, for the first time since I had it in like 01, 02, whenever that was many years ago when I, I hunted it for the first time. But yeah, the nice thing with that is you pop these these pins and the receiver out, um, you replace it with the pins that, that go into that spot. And, you know, just with the simple, I mean genuinely takes less than a minute to swap that out and you can go from shooting turkeys in the morning to shooting you know trapped and skeet in the evening or hunting birds whatever Mm, that sounds Um, lovely yeah so it's uh it's super easy what would you say okay personal question yeah what would you say the body count is on this thing (laughs) oh man i should have looked at the slight call before we came in here i i if I had to just guess, it's probably around 50. Oh <laughs> um, I've had a couple really good years of turkey hunting. <laughs> had a couple, and, good, good, couple good runs there. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, every every bird I've ever shot has been with this gun. And, you know, it just it, – it's got so much sentimental value to me that I I can't not hunt with it. Well, and so here's, here's one thing I love about you, Rick. We've hunted turkeys together a handful of times. Yep. And I recall one, and so like, and you also hunt, you're a seasoned turkey vet. And you, that, you hunt turkeys more and take it more seriously than just about anybody I know. Like when it's turkey season, like it's on from start to finish, multiple states. Uh, how many tags you got, buddy? Yeah, yeah. Uh, we were hunting together one particular instance, and we had a bird come in pretty tight. And there was, like, a, a screen of brush, like, preventing a shot. Now, I, I'll say this. Like, I was pumped up. I was very excited because I get jacked out of my mind. I know exactly I've, what you're talking about. I've never heard somebody breathe so heavy. Like, I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, the bird is going to, like, spook because, I mean, I was, like, five feet away from you. And I was like, dude, this guy is out of his mind. And then the, <laughs> we ended up, unfortunately, we didn't get the, like, the yeah. bird just, like, Moved off. I'm not going to say that you sp- you didn't spook it with your Thank heavy you. breathing. Yes, I, I actually I don't <laughs> think I don't think that's what happened. Yeah. But anyway, I love that you still like. I mean, I think everybody who hunts turkeys, man, you get jacked up when you got a bird coming. But like next I level was, excitement. I was like, man, this guy's going to have to keep it together. Which you obviously do because a lot of turkeys fall down uh, at your hand. That one was very close. He, I remember that. I mean, bird. that was like five feet. I mean, yeah, we're standing here in the podcast studio. He was legitimately from the distance of like us to these cameras. To these cameras, yeah, like, exactly. He was, could see his hooks. Thought he was going to attack. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you were worried exactly. for your safety. I was frightened. Um, you bring up. We were just. It's you know. We're obviously we're getting jacked for turkey season right now. We were looking through different. You know, like you've got uh, your FHF. Uh, call harness which actually i got one of those this year and so like i was you know checking out how you have it configured because i know if you've futzed with futzed with it quite a bit and so we're getting jacked about that you bought a new shotgun this year i did which is a very nice shotgun you brought it in it points very nicely and then we just like you're just like yeah i don't think i'm gonna use that this year (laughs) (laughs) so the background there is i bought a franke affinity three uh, phenomenal gun. It's much lighter than the 870 here. Um, my wife, Chantel, she she likes the turkey hunt too. Mm-hmm. And she's been using a 410 now for the past two years, which is a great gun. She's killed a bird with it last year. Um, I mean, that thing's like five pounds, maybe. Like, it, it's super light. It's light. It just, it, it does, like, I but was the, like, I've got a Benelli M2 that I really like. Yeah. But when I picked up, I was like, hmm. 
I sure like this too. Yeah. The problem with the uh, the the 410 isn't really that. It's there's no issue with the 410. It's that when we go and do some sort of other t- type of hunting, whether we go pheasant hunting or if she wants to shoot, you know, sporting clays, the 410 isn't the the solution there. So I was kind of in the market. I this thing we'll get into it. This thing is getting old. It's starting to really show its wear. So I do need another shotgun. Um, so I did get that Franke with kind of the intent that Chantel use it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be very careful with my 870 here. Like as you actually, you know, you kind of pointed out that the finish is all off it. I mean, as you look at it, even like the stock has a little bit of wiggle out there. Oh goodness. Yeah. I wonder if you can tighten that up. Uh, so if anybody is listening to that, please let me know if you can tighten up the rear stock on these 870s. It's got a little bit of a little bit of play little there. play in there. I am adamantly opposed, and I'm glad we're, we're here now. I'm adamantly opposed. I will not do it. I will not replace the stock. To replace the stock, to replace the wood on this gun, would be like taking a Van Gogh painting and taking off all the ink, all the paint, mm-hmm. and you're left with a blank canvas. That is no longer art. The art in this gun is in all the... The nicks in the stock, the wood, you know, the finish on the foregrip. Um, there's a, a dent here in the vent rib when my buddy's dad shut it inside of a Chevy Astro van oh. in 2004, 2005. One of my first turkey hunts ever. It got shut in the back of a Chevy Astro van. So she's still kicking. I, I say all of that to say that this, this, on the surface, you see a Remington 870 wood stock. You've seen a million of them. This thing is loaded with personality, and that's where the value is to me. So no, I dig it. I dig it. Yeah, hopefully, if someone knows, if someone yeah, let, let us know. Comment below. Reach out. Yeah, because you don't. Yeah, you don't want to. Like I said, you don't want to replace it. But I yeah. have to think there's. And it's still functional. Will, it is still functional. Like Maybe it's, it's like actually extra ergonomic. You know, yeah. like it just like molds <laughs> into you. Yeah, it helps you really shoot around the tree when the <laughs> the stock has that flex built into it. So, but yeah, it, uh, obviously, I mean, the those all those like nicks and scratches and scars on this gun have come over coming up on 20 years of hunting it. Yeah, and I mean, this thing spent probably about like 10 minutes in the bottom of a. Uh, marsh in Stuckart, Arkansas, a couple of years back. Um, this Did thing you have is, to go swimming for it? Yeah, I had to dump the waders and <laughs> go down and go down and get it. So <laughs> that is awesome. But yeah, I mean that's that is why it looks the way that it does. It's very well used, and I intend to keep using it as long as I can. So, well, I know you've got some big plans for it this year, mm-hmm. as you do every year. So we're gonna actually get out again. So I'm yeah. pumped about that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I'm sure this thing will be right along there with us. It so. absolutely will be. I mean, there's there's a couple things, too. Like, you know, you look at it, it has a sl- I've got a sling on it. Like, 870s oh, yeah. aren't, they don't come with the sling swivels, but um, you can drill into your, your stock and actually, like, put your own stud there. That's what I did. Um, we were actually just talking about that with Graham uh, before we jumped on. You know, he has an older shotgun that doesn't have the, the, the stud to accept a swivel. Um, and he's like, yeah, how hard was it? And I mean, I did it in my, what well, at the point at that time was in my apartment and <laughs> just <laughs> drilled a hole into it and figured it out. So, I mean, it's, uh, there, there's definitely a lot that you can do, um, you know, to, to make your eight, 870 a real, you know, legitimate Turkey contender. When I first got this thing, like I, 
Uh, the, the first couple of years hunting with it, I, um, you know, when I was a kid, I, I missed a bunch of birds. Um, and at, at the time I kind of attributed it to the gun. I'm like, oh, I've got a more, you know, budget friendly shotgun. Um, well, I kind of did some looking into it once I got older, you know, I ran the same, same choke and, and shotgun setup from like the time I was 12 until probably the time I was in high school, I started working at Gander Mountain. You just got to shut, shut it in the door of an Astro van and yeah. then she'll spot on after exactly. that. Exactly. But once I, I, like I said, in high school, uh, senior year of high school, I started working at Gander Mountain and, um, learning much more about firearms and specifically shotguns and choke tubes and how important the choke is. I remember the choke. I don't even know what choke I had. And all I know is that my dad bought it for $9 and 99 cents. So the, and I still have that choke. So we could bring it in and look at it. We should look at it. Curious. We should shoot it. Yeah. But I, I, so anyways, I shot it then when I bought this new choke, which is a uh, Carlson's, um, it's the, the one specifically designed for federal heavyweight. Okay. I shoot long beard XR out, out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I always had great luck with that. I mean, at 50, 60 yards, you're putting, you know, 20 to 30 BBs scattered throughout the head and neck. So I feel totally confident with this thing. But anyways, long winded way of saying that swapping out that choke tube actually made a ton of difference. Mm -hmm. And to anybody that might be listening to this thinking, yeah, my 870 just hasn't really been quite there. You know, I've got this whatever shotgun that I also use that seems to perform better. I would definitely look into, you know, messing around with some after some other chokes and and playing with it because this thing, I mean, I, I feel totally confident in this gun at at those distances. And for sure, for sure. No, it makes a huge difference. I'm going to be doing a little, uh, playing around with some different chokes, um, with my M2 this year. And I'm, I'm going to predict that I see some dramatic results with it. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, playing around with a variety of different loads and chokes is probably, I mean, it's not easy anymore as it was probably five years ago, three years ago before, you know, ammo became a little bit more challenging to find. But if you do have ammo, I mean, even pheasant loads, actually, that's what I use to, like every year when I pop off this cantilever mount and I put it back on, um, the entire unit, dot included, slides right off and I can put it right back on. So I know there's not a whole lot of variance in point of impact, but I always do want to check it. And I always check it with a pheasant load. And actually, I would feel totally confident you know, if I was in a pinch shooting a number five pheasant load at a bird out to 40 yards, no problem. Yeah. I mean, you're not going to get, you know, maybe the range that you might with, you know, a dedicated modern turkey exactly. load, but yeah. a lot of, a lot of birds have been killed with them things just fine. So, and, and what you bring up is actually a really good point. Not that we're on to like how to, you know, do your red dot on your turkey gun, but, um, using a pheasant load or even, you know, just a standard trap load. That's when where you, I when start. You're, when you're yeah, zeroing. Definitely. You know, that way you're not burning those expensive shells and you can at least get close to where you do just your finish work with exactly. the loads that you plan on using. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're kind of talking about it, so we might as well just jump into it quick. But like when I've, when I first mounted the dot on this thing, I started with number seven and a half at like 10 yards because I wanted to be super close to at least make those like mm-hmm. those mass adjustments. Right. Um, started there and then I went to 20, 30, 40 with pheasant loads and was fine. And then I did a confirmation at 20, a confirmation at 40 and a confirmation at 60 with my actual turkey load. So at the end of the day, you're only three turkey loads invested in that process. Mm-hmm. And now because you went through that, you're heading to the field with total peace of mind, total confidence, and you're just going to be that much, much more ready in a, when, when a shot does finally present. So, yeah. 
Yeah, and then particularly when your heart's, you know, beating on yeah. your chest and you can't control your breathing. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, no, that's awesome, man. Uh, yeah, I love this thing. Every time you bring this thing out, I mean, you, you obviously you can tell you're just like, oh, yeah, this thing has seen a few things. So yep. I it, like it. It's a favorite for sure. Well, I appreciate you bringing it in, chatting about it. I'm even more jacked about getting out in the turkey woods yep. uh, this year. And, uh, yeah, so what uh, – I asked the you know ask the audience out yeah. there. Do you have a turkey gun that's got a lot of sentimental value and a lot of memories attached to it? So much so that you actually won't use the new shotgun that you bought. Yeah, uh, turkey hunters are a sentimental group, myself included, and I'm sure there's a lot of folks listening that have that gun, mm-hmm. whatever that gun is. So we want to know. Let us know. Drop it in the comments. Share a picture with us on social. Yep. We'd we'd love to see it. So I'm like the reverse. I've got a gun that I've got so much attachment to and love so much that I actually don't use it because I've kind of retired it yeah. for like only like very special occasions. Yeah. So anyway, what's, what's your, what's your process look like everybody? How are you managing your sentimental shotguns? Let us know. <laughs> and until next time, happy hunting and shooting. We'll catch you on the next one.